what they see in us is what they begin to believe about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as we shed the baggage and become healthier, each layer of healing helps us to reflect Jesus more to a broken world. It's time for part three of our summer reading series, and we're asking, are you really okay? Author Deborah Faleda joins us to discuss practical steps we can take to strengthen our own mental health and why, as church leaders, we should be blazing the path to health for our minds, bodies, and souls. Today's featured resource is the Fighting Failure Independent Study and Life Group Package, available to download for free right now at stsaministries.org. Welcome back to the Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast. My name is Father Anthony. We are continuing our summer reading series for this summer. And I have a special, special treat for you today. As you see, I have a special guest. and I'll introduce her in just a second. But the the main thing that we're doing during the summer in the summer reading um, series is we are trying to learn from different authors, um, people who are passionate about different topics. And the reason why this is so important is because I've always felt like there's so much that I want to learn and so much uh, that I want to um, study, but I don't have the chance to meet so many different people. So I've always believed that books and reading is a way that I can learn from people that I'll never, ever meet. Okay, And I can be mentored by people who even maybe lived hundreds or thousands of years ago. So that's why we're doing this. We are finding different authors who are fulfilling their own missions through writing and seeing how they can help us to bring an ancient faith to a modern world. And today we have a great, great, great guest on. I'm so excited. We have Ms. Deborah Folletta. Uh, welcome, Deborah. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? So close. It's Folletta, but Folletta, you know what? I'm sorry. We'll give you a free pass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. Deborah's been so gracious. We're so happy to have Deborah here. And as I was telling her just a minute ago, is that this is not just like an interview about a book that was written. Um, we're going to talk about a book that Deborah's written recently, which I just got back from my two-week vacation, and I was telling Deborah that her book was my uh, beach reading material. So um, this is something that I'm super excited about, and I think you're going to find very, very helpful here, here um, as you listen to this discussion. So with that, let me tell you a little bit about who Deborah is. Uh, Deborah is a licensed professional counselor specializing in relationship and marital issues. She's also an author and speaker who is passionate about spreading the message that healthy people make healthy relationships, right? And Deborah, if I'm not mistaken, you just released a book in May. Is that correct? Yeah, in May. You're right. Okay. Um, so uh, your book is titled, Are You Really Okay? And the tagline is getting real about who you are, how you're doing, and why it matters. So Deborah, first start off by telling us a little bit more about why you decided to write this book. Yeah. You know, I would say I wrote this book for two different reasons. The first was I'm a licensed counselor, so I'm interacting regularly with clients, with people who are struggling. And they're not just random people. They're people of faith, you know, people who are in the church, people who love the Lord. But they're struggling with different things such as anxiety or depression or um, maybe a lack of boundaries or um, past trauma, pain. I mean, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're healthy. Mm-hmm. And just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're going to be immune to the struggles of life. And so that was kind of the first piece to the puzzle is just seeing 
all of this pain in, in the church and people not really knowing how to walk through it toward healing. And then on the flip side, I wrote this book because it's my personal journey. I, I'm, a, I'm a licensed counselor. I'm a believer. I love the Lord. I've walked with Jesus for many years, but I personally battled depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and past trauma in different seasons and stages of my life. And knowing what it feels like to be in that dark pit was what opened my eyes to the realization that I need to share my story. I need to help people to get better, give them a a roadmap, a plan to get healthy from the inside out. And so it's my personal journey woven throughout, but it's also a guide to help people figure out what it looks like to get healthy emotionally and spiritually and mentally and physically, because healing involves all of those different pieces to the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just for the sake of our audience right here, let me go back to something Deborah said. One of the reasons why I absolutely loved your book, Deborah, is like there's books that are interesting to read and books that have good information. Okay. And usually I'm an information kind of a guy and I'm you know focused on that information. But if you make it interesting to read, that's what, that was your book. Your book was, you couldn't put it down because of the personal stories that you shared. I still mm. remember the safari story that you shared early on right there. So when you talk about it is your own journey, I just want to tell our listening audience here that she really does share about what that is in a very personal way, which makes the book, it makes it a page turner that is, is, is a lot harder to put down. Um, but I want to go back to something that you said right there um, about how, hey, you're a believer and you're a Christian and you have been for a while, but yet you're saying you're not healthy. So help help me out right here, because a lot of people may think and may have been taught and, and it's just kind of one of those things that, hey, if we pray and we go to church and read our Bible, it kind of solves everything. Um, right. So uh, let, let's talk specifically about like mental health. How do you think our mental health as members of the church body affects us and affects our churches as a whole, um, especially with this kind of background of, you know, I should just pray and everything should be okay. Well, let's back up and just pose a biblical foundation for what we're talking about here. I'm not just pulling this stuff out of a hat because I'm a counselor, you know, what's the biblical foundation here? When we, when we look at the greatest commandment in scripture, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I really believe there's a reason that he presented it in those different compartments. Heart represents emotional health, soul, spiritual health, mind, mental health, strength, physical health. Loving God is a holistic process. It's aligning every part of who we are to every part of how he's called us to be. We're trying to align ourselves, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if we are to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we shouldn't be surprised when the enemy comes to attack us in our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think sometimes in the church, We get focused on the soul piece, our salvation, 
the saving of our souls. And we forget that loving God is not just with our souls, but also with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And that's where I think we're missing the the big conversation of emotional health and mental health. We tend to zoom in on spiritual health, but what's interesting is even though we're focusing on spiritual health, many times we're sabotaging the rest of our healing and our ability to love God fully because maybe there's things in our mental health that we're not focusing on or giving our attention to. And that could be a struggle with anxiety or depression. It could be how we've learned to handle our emotions. You know, if it's okay with you, I'd love to even focus in on the Egyptian culture for a little Mm -hmm. bit, because, you know, what's interesting about this conversation, father, is that we got connected before you even knew that there was Egyptian culture in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so it's kind of neat how, how the Lord works things out, but I come from an Egyptian background. And when I look back at my history with the Egyptian culture, every culture has things that that we need to work on or adjust, learn, mature, grow. And I would say the topic of dealing with our emotions, understanding them, feeling them, expressing them in a healthy way is something that we aren't always taught to do in the church at large and specifically with the Egyptian culture weaved into that. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of becoming healthy for all of us is learning what are the limitations of the culture that I come from? Because we want to leave our culture behind in in order to embrace the culture of Christ, which is healing and health in all of those different areas. And and for sure, the, the mental health piece is something I'd love to spotlight as well, because I think a lot of times we ignore our mental health and we think that just by focusing in on our spiritual life, just by praying, just by loving the Lord, just by surrounding ourselves with church, our mental health is going to be just right. But we don't make that same assumption with our physical health. You don't assume that when you come to Jesus, all of a sudden your cholesterol is going to be just right. Your BMI is going to be just right. Your blood pressure. We realize that in order for us to be healthy physically, we've got to make certain steps. We've got to do certain things. But with mental health, we just make the assumption that when I come to Jesus, my mental health is going to be okay. My emotional health is going to be okay. But all of these things require intention and work for us to really begin getting healthy in those areas. Now, it, it, are you sure about that physical health piece that, that coming to Jesus <laughs> won't fix my cholesterol? Because that, that would really solve a great problem for me. Me like, too. I just had my cholesterol <laughs> checked recently. And either I'm not praying enough or I need to start changing my diet, you know? No, no, no. Prayer. Just prayer. Just prayer. Eat what you want. Okay. And just, and we'll just pray our way through it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I love what you're saying so much and about how you talk about how some of the cultural components stop us from getting where we need to. Our mission here, okay, in the name of this podcast is bringing ancient faith to a modern world. And that's the beauty of our ancient faith. And this is this is why we stress on this so much at STSA is, we know what the modern versions of Christianity that we see and that we hear and that we read about, but when we go back to our roots, we'll see that the church actually always taught us about this holistic, okay, view versus like the compartmentalized, and that's actually why our the teaching on the incarnation of Christ, 
okay, Christianity is different than any other religion because Christianity is not someone who's telling us, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's someone, if God became man and had emotions yes. and sanctified our emotions and had a mind and sanctified our minds and our bodies and everything that he assumed, okay, into his nature, okay, by becoming fully man, he sanctified it and gave that a way that we can become healthy by following his model. So absolutely love that. It's so true. Jesus is the ultimate example. And even sometimes uh, because we're humans and because we're flawed, we do have a tendency to just kind of take what we want from scripture and focus on what we want instead of focusing on the big picture of who God has called us to be. You know, one of my favorite parts in writing this book, Father, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure you read this part in the very beginning, I did a deep dive into the emotions of Jesus. And I think a lot of people are like, you don't really think of Jesus as a man with all of these emotions. And I also think sometimes we assume that women have more emotions than men when really God created us with the same ability to feel and experience. And if anything, look, we look at the, the life of Christ. He experienced over 39 different emotions, according to biblical scholars that were written in scripture. 39 different emotions that were expressed. And, and we know that scripture is just a glimpse of who Jesus was, because according to scripture, if everything was written about him, it wouldn't fit in all the books in the world. So, so 39 emotions is just a glimpse. And as I went through each of those emotions and did a deep dive study in, are you really okay? It really just touched my heart to see our Lord feeling the things that we felt, the things that we feel, the things that we struggle with. But what differentiated him from us is that he always had a healthy response mm -hmm. to what he felt. It was always what he did next with those emotions that set him apart from how we sometimes feel things and react in unhealthy ways. And so it was just a beautiful beautiful study. Uh, just, it, 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 it's really stuck with me um, even after writing the book and releasing it to the world. But I would say that's the part that's really stuck with me the most. Mm -hmm. And that, I, I do remember when you spoke about that and exactly as you said, is that's just the 39 emotions that's documented. Gave okay, a Christ's life 33 years on this earth, especially the first 30 years are pretty much a black box. So right. Okay, so now I'm going to switch gears here, and I'm on board, and I'm sure many of our listeners are on board, but I'm sure there's people who aren't. So have you found this topic about emotional health, mental health, um, and addressing that aspect and not just the spiritual, have you found this to be welcome in Christian circles, or have you been met with some resistance? A little bit of both. I would say our culture is starting to change and accept the fact that just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're immune to the struggles of life. And, and people who are starting to see these different components of health as something we have to work on and grow and mature in. And, and, and even the title of this book has gotten two different reactions. The, the first reaction, are you really okay? People are thinking, well, am I okay? I don't know if I'm okay. Maybe I need to figure this out. Maybe I need to get to the bottom of if I'm really okay. Or maybe they think I'm actually not okay and I know it and I want to work on it. 
And then there's a the alternative reaction where they read the title. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that concern me the most mm-hmm. because I, I call it a toxic optimism where we're just trying to look on the bright side of life and be filled with joy and 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 focus on all that God has given us. That is wonderful. It's a good perspective. But if we're not grieving the hard things, if we're not lamenting, lamenting is a discipline in scripture, you know, if we're not experiencing the difficult things and processing them in a healthy way, they can actually become stumbling blocks in our life. And I think the hardest conversation I had was with a pastor. He he didn't realize that I had personally come out of depression myself just a few short weeks before our conversation. And as we were talking, he said to me, true believers don't suffer from depression. They can't because the Holy Spirit is at work in their life. And I had just come out of the pit of depression. For me, it was postpartum depression that came with a hormonal change and a chemical imbalance that truly caused my body to be depressed in every sense of the word. I wasn't able to sleep. I lost my appetite. I was filled with anxiety. My body shut down my desires. I felt like I had a bad case of the flu emotionally and physically. And in that season of my life, I did need prayer and I did need love and support and I did need scripture, but I also needed medication. Just like with diabetes, my mom is a diabetic and she loves the Lord and she prays and she does so many spiritual disciplines in her life, but she also needs to watch her diet and she also needs to take her insulin. And for me, that was the same situation. So for him to to tell me that something was wrong with my faith because I was struggling with depression was really painful. And I'm so glad that I had the education and knowledge to realize, no, you can be a believer and still struggle with these things. What sets mature believers apart is how they respond and react to the problem, not whether or not they're immune to the problem. Because Jesus says, in this world, you will face trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the promise. Mm-hmm. And, if, and, and Jesus goes on to say, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And there is a day when all will be made well. But until that day, we have to do our part in getting ourselves as healthy as possible along the journey that God has us on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and, you know, as you, as you were saying that story about that, that pastor who said that, yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing is if I, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, I can't break my ankle, right? I can't stub my toe. Does that mean any of those things? And for our, our listening audience out there, in case this is like new material for you, that one of the things that I always tell people when they, our problem is we like yes or no, this or that. We like we like to make it, it's either A or B. And the truth of the matter is, Jesus, one of my favorite verses, Matthew 23, 23, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So should I get counseling or do I need to pray? Yeah, you need both. And it's, it, you, don't, you don't have to choose. So if a, if a couple comes to me with marriage problems, you need spiritual support, but you also need counseling support. And I can provide one, but you need, so going to the counselor, without the spiritual 
is the same as going into spiritual without the counselor. Same thing with the doctor. Like I can help you pray through your situation, yeah, but you need to go to someone who you who can diagnose it properly. So as you're saying, it needs to all work together. And getting counseling or medical help is not against getting spirit. It's not you have to choose one or the other. And I, I hope that people see that it's we need A and B. And, and there's relational. And then there's financial health. And there's physical right. health. We need all these things working together. It's not, it's not either, either you're spiritual or you're not spiritual. Right. right. And the very same people who willingly go to a doctor, willingly take insulin, willingly take their cholesterol medication, are afraid to go to a counselor, deal mm -hmm. with the anxiety and depression, take mm -hmm. medication if necessary. Mm -hmm. And that's where the enemy is actually using those things to keep us down, you know? And so that's what we're not understanding by not focusing on these things, by ignoring them, we're actually giving them more power in our life than they deserve, more power mm -hmm. than they should have. And so my hope is that people really realize that healing is this holistic experience that God mm -hmm. calls us into. And what does it look like to really take inventory of my health standing on. Now, I know our first reaction is to say, well, I see this in my spouse, or I see this in my mom, or I see this in my brother, but, but that's not the goal here. The goal is to stop and say, I need to take a good audit, a good assessment of how I am doing in all of these areas. And so are you really okay is set up kind of like an audit, an assessment, because at the end of each chapter, is a five minute checkup mm -hmm. where you ask questions and really take the time to answer. Just like a checkup at the doctor, we're going to stop and take a checkup of how you're doing emotionally and spiritually and mentally and physically. Is there anything in your past that you haven't dealt with that's impacting you today? Is there anything that you're ignoring? Maybe you, you just sit, call yourself a worrier but you actually have clinical anxiety that you haven't addressed. You know, what does it really look like to take an honest assessment of how we're doing? If we want to change the world, if we want to change the church, if we want to change our family or our marriage, it really starts by looking in and changing what we have the most power over, which is ourselves. Mm. Now, now you're speaking right. Now you're speaking my language there with change in the world. So a name of our podcast is bringing an ancient faith to a modern world. And that's everything that we, that, that we talk about right here. So tie this in for me. How can learning more about myself, about my health, um, how can this help us to fulfill that mission of bringing an ancient faith to a modern world, to spreading the gospel, to expanding the kingdom of God? Because that's what our, that, that's kind of what our listeners are here talking. We have a lot of people who are, church leaders and influencers. So tie this in for us. Well, the more we are working on becoming healthy in all of these areas, the more effective our testimony, our witness, our faith, because we're not burdened and bogged down. I imagine each of these components of healing kind of like a, a heavy pack that we're wearing on our back. And as we're trying to fulfill the calling that God has placed on our life, it's hard when we're dealing with these burdens and this baggage that we're just carrying around. And not only that, but sometimes people can see it in us. You know what? You're a believer and you love the Lord. Well, why are you 
angry? Why do you have a temper? Why are you so apathetic or irritable? Why do you have problems in your marriage? Why dot, 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 dot? Because what they see in us is what they begin to believe about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And as we shed the baggage and become healthier, each layer of healing helps us to reflect Jesus more to a broken world. It helps us to become more like him in the process of becoming sanctified. We don't just get automatically sanctified. You know, when, when we give our souls to the Lord, sure, we, we feel like he's, he's changed our souls and, 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 and we, we, we stand confident in the transformation of our souls. What about everything else? You know, what about our hearts? What about our minds? What about our families? What about our finances? All of these other things. What does it look like to become more like Jesus along this journey? And, and so that's really what, what, what this does for us is it makes our mission and our calling even more effective. Our families change, our marriage change, our ministries change when we're pouring out of the overflow not pouring out of our emptiness. Mm. And when we look at leaders in the church and people who have really struggled, I think the things that really set us back in our faith is when you see somebody with faith make bad decisions in their life. You Mm. know, maybe some marriage problems or infidelity or a divorce or, or dot, dot, dot. There's so many things that we see that kind of push us away from Christ but it's not Jesus that's the problem. It's our lack of health mm-hmm. and it's our lack of allowing him to transform us in all of these areas. And so mm-hmm. I really believe that the healthier we are, the more effective we're going to be in what God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. And, and in my line of work that oftentimes what we're overcoming is what people have seen in others. And I read a quote recently, which I, I I won't know it exactly, but it basically said that millennials, why so many young people are leaving the church today, it said because they saw their parents were very good at church, but bad at life. Mm. So they resent going to a place where their parents were so involved and so invested in their life was church, 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 church. But outside of that, their private life was never transformed by it. So they had done a better. They had done a better job of just simply not taking their kids to church and not being involved in church. But when people see parents or leaders, whoever it is, very good at church, very bad at life. Well, I want the inverse. I want to be good totally. at life. So unfortunately, people connect that with bad at church. So and Jesus calls us to an abundant life. I have mm-hmm. come to give you life and life abundant. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? How do I take ownership of that? How do I take hold of that? Mm-hmm. It's not an automatic process. Mm-hmm. This is something that I have to be intentional about doing, just like I'm intentional to get exercise. Speaking of exercise, one way I like to reframe counseling for people, a lot of people see counseling as I don't want to, I'm not sick. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to admit that I'm mentally sick and in need of a doctor in need of a counselor. I like to say, let's reframe it. Let's start to see counseling like going to the gym. You're going to strengthen your emotional and mental muscles. If I told you I'm going to the gym, you're going to give me a high five. You're not Mm -hmm. going to say, what a shame. 
you know, this is so sad that they're going to the gym. You're going to say, good for you. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I want us to see counseling in the same light. It's you're going to work those muscles that are not naturally strong. Mm -hmm. You're going to work them out so that you can be emotionally and mentally fit. And when Mm -hmm. you're emotionally and mentally fit, it elevates what you're able to do spiritually as well. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things work together. You can't have one without the other. That that's that's a great way of looking at it. Okay, is that is physical health, we need to go to the gym, high five for going to the gym. Spiritual health, we need to go to church, high five for right. going to church. Emotional health, no 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 no. Don't do that one. Yeah, right. That, that's don't tell way. anybody, don't yeah. talk about it, yeah. don't acknowledge it. Yeah. And and you're slowly atrophying. You're slow, yeah. your muscles are slowly dying. Yeah. Because yeah. of the stigma, the fear. Yeah. What are people going to think? Mm-hmm. What What are people going to say about my family if they know? Mm-hmm. You know, the truth is, what does God think, and yeah. what does He want for my yes. life and for my family? Absolutely, absolutely. You're not shamed for needing to go to the gym. You're encouraged. I I love that. That I I might use that one in a sermon. Please do. <laughs> okay, we appreciate all that that you've been teaching us right here. Now I'm going to ask a completely different question. I'm asking it to all the authors who come on here, which is. You're an author and uh, I read your book and benefited. Tell us one book that maybe you're reading that is a benefit to you. You can maybe share it with uh, us. Yeah. Well, a book that I'm reading right now is by a mentor and friend of mine named Christine Kane, and it's called How Did I Get Here? And she's a, a strong woman of faith who walked through a journey of slowly drifting, um, just in little tiny ways. Not not leaving the faith, but just slowly drifting from the passion and the fire that she once had. And she wrote a book called How Did I Get Here? And I've really been enjoying, you know, each of the different sections of how to know you've drifted. Um, for example, you start worrying more than you start praying. How do you know you've drifted? These little things that that we subtly do. And so that's really been a, a treat to read and learn and grow. Like you said, you can be mentored mm-hmm. by people all across the world with different experiences, people who've gone ahead. Um, and, and it really is such a blessing to be able to walk the experience of another through their writings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're a leader out there, you got to be a reader because it's a yes. chance, like I said, to meet people that you'll never, ever meet and learn from them. So thank you for that book recommendation by Christine Kane. I'll check it out. Now, Deborah, tell us about your book. I got my copy right here. Tell everyone else where they can get a copy of Are You Really Okay? Yeah. Well, Are You Really Okay is anywhere that you get your books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Christian bookstores. Um, you can even order it online at Target or Walmart. I mean, it's anywhere you get your books. And, and if you'd like to connect more with me, um, you can find me on Instagram, Deborah Faleda. I have a relationship advice website. For every age and stage of relationships, dating, engagement, marriage, it's called truelovedates.com. So you can find me there. Um, You can find more information about the book there. Um, But I think the key is that you take this challenge, do the audit, and ask yourself the honest question, am I really okay? And then take those next steps. Absolutely. So once again, the name of the book is Are You Really Okay? Okay, and you can find out more about Deborah by her at her website, truelovedates.com. And as someone who's got a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old right outside these doors, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to get into that dating business very soon. 
But right now I'm okay. But maybe next summer I might be coming to you, Deborah, for some advice. Absolutely. Um, we really, really appreciate your time, Deborah. This was such a joy. Um, and um, we appreciate everyone who tuned in here with us today. Be sure to uh, join us next time as we continue our summer reading series. Until then, keep on bringing an ancient faith to a modern world. And uh, thank you once again, Deborah. And thank you to everyone who listened. We'll see you all next time. To listen to previous episodes or access all of our free resources, join the community at stsaministries.org.